Hagigat Dafiyot, the last thing we were discussing, if a person couldn't give his korban on the first day, he could make it up on the rest of the holiday. And then we went into the drashot of the pasuk of me'uvat, something bent cannot be fixed, something that's missing cannot be counted. And with that, we are starting Yod Amudalef, seven lines in by the Mishnah, where it says, Heter nedarim porchim ba'avir, the halachot of allowing vows or nullifying vows are really floating up in the air. There's not too much in the psukim about it. And there's nothing for them to rely on. There's some hints in the psukim. Uh, rather, we just have to go by these are the halachot that Hashem gave to Moshe Hasinai. Hilchot Shabbat. Hagigot, the korbanot of Hagigot, and the Kodashim, Harehem, Keharin, Hateluim, Besara. They're like mountains that are hanging by a hair. Meaning, there's so many halachot, there's so many concepts, there's so many intricacies in all these halachot, but there's not too much psukim to talk about it. Why? Shehen mikra mu'at, there's very little psukim, v'halachot merubot, and a lot of halachot. Hadinin, when it comes to money laws, v'avodot, korbanot, what exactly are the halachot of the korbanot, how to give it korbanot, ha-teharot, v'hatumot, v'arayot, who you allow to marry, who you allow to marry, yesh lana masha yismochot, there's enough psukim on it, v'hen, hen, everything, whether it's nedarim, shabbat, korbanot, tumotara, all this is gufet Torah. Hen, hen, all these are the, the part of the Torah. Whether it's Torah Shebikhtav, whether it's Torah Shebaalpe, everything is part of the Torah. And the Gemara starts. Tanya Rebili Ezra Omer, Eterni Darim, which is the annulling vows, Yesh lehem al Mashiach There are Pesukim about it. Shenemar, Kiefli, Kiefli, Shetepamim. There's two Pesukim that have to, that say Kiefli, which talks about vows. You have ish kiyafli neder be'arkecha nefashot la'ashem. It says ish o isha kiyafli lindor neder nazir la'ashem. La so you have la'afli uh, la'afli two times. Ha'at afla'ah le'isur. One is a vow when you're coming to say something that's for you. Ha'at afla'ah le'heter. And the other one is coming to uh, you annulling that uh, vow. It's coming to make it mutar. When you go to hacham, it makes it mutar. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, Yesh lahem al mashiach. There are psukim shneimar. Asher nishbati beapi. Hashem says, I swore in my anger. Meaning beapi nishbati. I only swore when I was angry. Vehazarti bi, and I went back on my swear. And you're understanding here the concept that if you feel bad, you could go back on the swear. Rabbi Yitzchak Omer, Yesh lahem al mashiach. And heter nedarim have what they rely on. The psukim shneimar. Call Nadiv Libo, anyone who donated from his heart, anyone who wanted, gave a, a donation to the Mishkan, meaning whenever he wanted to, a donation from the heart. Meaning if he felt bad, he took it back. Hananiah ben Rabbi Yoshua Omer, Yeshlam Amashismochu, we have Sukim Shneman, Ishbati Vakayema, I swore and I kept it, Lishmor Mishpetet Sitkecha, to keep your Mishpatim. And you understand the person has the option of swearing to keep whatever he promised. And I'm of you, if I was there, I'm really who I would have told him, the pasuk that I'm going to bring is better than yours. It says in Parashat of Nidarim that he shouldn't break his word. Meaning, 
You can understand that he himself cannot break his word. Other people can forgive his word. Other people can break his word. And that uh, that's the proof that there's heten edarim. And Amar Rabbah leko lehu it lehu percha lebal medishmuel delet lepercha. All of these that we brought, Rabbi Leizer, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Itzhak, Hanya ben Yachai, Rabbi Yeshua, they all have questions on them, except the last one in the name of Shmuel, which doesn't have any questions. Delet lepercha, no questions. Why? Let's break it down slowly, slowly. If you try to prove from Rabbi Eliezer, who said, Well, maybe you could understand the word like Rabbi Yudas said in the name of Rabbi Tarfon. The case is two guys are sitting on a bench and they see a guy walking by. One guy says, I'll be in Azir if this guy's in Azir. And the other guy says, I'll be in Azir if this guy's not in Azir. And Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Rabbi Tafon, the Olam, any had me Nazir. Both of these guys are not Nazir. Shelonit na Nazirut el hafla. Because Nazirut is only when you specify and it's something exact. It's not something that you could figure out later. It has to be specified. It has to make sense right away. So you see, the Yafli Yafli, the Hafla'a, is coming to explain to me that it has to be something specific and it doesn't have to do anything with Hatran and Darim. And even Rabbi Yeshua, and if it's from what Rabbi Yeshua said, that Hashem Ishbati Be'api Hashem swore in his anger, maybe what Hashem is trying to say is, Be'api Nishbati, when I was angry, I swore, and I'm not going back on it. Who said it means Hashem is going back? Maybe he's not going back on it. And Imid Rabbi Yitzchak, who learned from the, the donations of the Mishkan, Mikol Nediv Libo, Dilma Lafuk and Mishmuel. Maybe this goes against Shmuel. Damash Shmuel, Gamar Belibo, Tzarech Shiatzi Bisfatav. He says, what do you understand from the word Nediv Libo? That it's not good enough to donate in your heart. You actually have to say the words that you're donating it. And then maybe it beats hot calls opposite. That even if he didn't say the actual words, the fact that you had it in mind in your heart to give, you have to give. And Imid Hananya ben Nahir Yeshua, who said in Nishbati Vakayema, Dilma Kirav Gidal Amarav. Maybe it's like Rav Gidal Amarav. The Amarav Gidal Amarav. How do you know that you can swear to keep a mitzvah, even though you already uh, swore on her Sinai to keep the mitzvah? How do you know you could swear again? I swore to keep your mitzvot. Ela de Shmuel, what Shmuel said, but other people could be Mahalis Devaro. Let Lepechadat, there's no question about that. And on that, Amar Abavit, Amar of Nahman, it's Hak, I know the Amrin Chesu, what people say, Tabahada, Pilperta, Harifta, better one hot pepper, Mimelezana de Kare from a basket full of pumpkins. Meaning Shmuel, as young as he is and as small as he is, he was able to beat all these big pumpkins. Now we learned Ilchot Shabbat. They're like mountains hanging on hairs, but the problem is, there's a lot of psukim, a lot of uh, warnings in the Torah about Shabbat. So the Gemara explains, it goes like what Rabbi Abba said, if a person dug a hole in, in the house on Shabbat, would be bone. If you dug a hole in the field, it's horesh. And if you dug a hole on Shabbat, you really you don't need the hole, you just need the dirt. Patur aleha. Your patur, you don't get punished for something like that, and that's something that doesn't have any uh, samach in the Torah. There's nothing. There's no. There's no way to rely on that. Where do you get that from? 
And Keman, and who did Rabbi Abba say that Dean from? He held that if you do a melacha, for example, taking out a dead person from one reshut to another reshut to bury him, now even though you don't need to carry this body, you don't need that melacha of the carrying, you just need to bury this uh, dead person. You basically just want it out of the house, patur aleha, and you would be patur. And you have to say the same thing over here. A person's digging, he doesn't need the hole, he needs the dirt. You'd be patur on it. Where do you get it from? There's no real uh, samach in the Torah about it. You're just making it up as you go along, it sounds like. Obviously, uh, you, it's a mountain hanging by your hair. And the Gemara says, no. I feel the tema that Rabbi You could even say it's Rabbi Yehuda who holds melacha. She not tzarich legufa. Melacha that you don't need the actual melacha. You're hayav, and you have to say there's a difference between the dead person and the 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 hole that you dug. Hatam when you're carrying the mit from one reshut to the other mitaken. You're by taking him out of the house and moving him. You're fixing because now you could uh, bury him. So you're actually doing something good. So it is a melacha she tzarich legufa. Hacha, when you're digging that hole in the ground and you only need the dirt, mekalkelhu. What are you doing in your house? You're 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 destroying your house. You're just making a hole in the house. You're making a hole in the field. You're not doing anything. And if you're mekalkel on Shabbat, you're patur. So really, Rabbi Abbas Din really works according to Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda. And you could say it's like a mountain hanging on hairs. So like basara. So what do you mean by uh, hair. What's this hair that you talk of? How did you understand that this hair is talking about a mekalkel that is patur? So the Gemara explains melechet machshevet asra Torah or melechet machshevet loketiva. The Torah only prohibited a person doing a melacha that he thought out to do. He needed to have a machshava and to do the melacha on Shabbat. Now it doesn't say anywhere in the Torah that a melechet machshava is a surah on Shabbat. Where they get it from? The melechet machshavet that you're supposed to do in the Mishkan. And now we're comparing all the melechot in the Mishkan to Shabbat, and we're going to say one to, whatever is a surah on Shabbat, we learn out of all the melechot that were done in the Mishkan. And that's what we meant by mountains, Hilchot Shabbat, which is mountains, that are hanging by a hair. The whole thing is hanging on the fact that the Mishkan and Shabbat are next to each other in the Torah. Now, we said in the Mishnah, Hagigot are also like mountains hanging by hairs. But, but the Gemara doesn't understand. It says, You see, it's in the Torah. The Gemara explains, Lo, tzricha, We need it. Who said this? Hagotem is korbanot. make a party, make him ha. Hag, what's hag celebration? Maybe that's what it means. If that's the case, they should celebrate for me in the midbar. You want to tell me that it means uh, let's party? And even if you want to say that it's true that Hashem wants them to party in the midbar. And why the korbanot? So they can give the, the korban hagiga. So it's korbanot. He answers back, no. Maybe this is what it means. He drink korbanot and uh, celebrate in front of me. So, uh, so hagiga means celebration. 
You can't say that. Why? The fat of my of my hag of my the korban for the mizbeach the korban hagiga should not go, uh, should not be left over at night. And if you want to say it means celebration, does the celebration have fat? And the Gemara pushes back again. Maybe this is what it means. Any fat that comes during the time of the holiday, loyalin should not be left overnight. The Gemara says, okay, if that's the case, you want to say that means that the fat of the holiday season. So you're coming to tell me that fat during holiday season should not be left overnight. You want to tell me the halif of the korbanot, the fat of all the other korbanot to the rest of the year is allowed to be left overnight? It says that you have to give those korbanot the entire night until the morning. You can't give it once the morning comes. So you see this is a mitzvah throughout the year, not just on the holiday season. If it was only from that pasuk of Havimina would have thought it's coming to me anyone who leaves it over doesn't avera of an That's why That's why he said You also get a love. You don't just get an ase But the Gemara asks We already have a pasuk. You already have another pasuk. Uh, It says, That's your love that you can't leave it till the morning. I don't need that business. The Gemara says, Yeah, but maybe it's coming to throw the book at a guy and he's going to be over on two loves and an ase. And meaning, with all this, I could throw it at labs and ase, and you still cannot explain to me that the word hag means uh, the korban. It could still mean celebration or holiday. Ela atya midbar midbar. Rather, how am I going to tell you that hag means korban? I have a shava from the word midbar. Ketiv hach, Rabbi Tzial Mitzrayim says, V'yachogu li ba midbar. Uchtiv atam, hazvachim mincha higashtim li ba midbar. Did you give zvachim mincha to me in the midbar? Ma'alahalan, in the same way over there in the, that pasuk, it says, Ha'zevachim mincha, ma'alahalan zevachim. Afkan, you have to say, by korbanot, they brought the holiday, where it says, Ha'vehoguli ba midbar. It also means, Zevachim. So now, if we have all these psukim, so why are the mountains that are hanging by hairs? So the Gemara explains, Divre Torah, Midivre Kabbalah, Loyal Finan. We cannot learn Divre Torah, Torah, from the words of the Nevi'im. It's only a hint, and that's why it's like mountains hanging by hairs. Now, we learned in the Mishnah, Me'ilot are mountains that are hanging by hairs. Me'ilot um, is if someone misuses something that is Kodesh, he has to pay the principal plus one-fifth. And the Gemara asks, "Mechtav ketivan." It's written in the in the psukim. It's not uh, something that's not there. It's written. So Amar Ami Bar Hama Lo Nitzrechana. We need it for the following case. El Lechditna, like the following Mishnah: Hashaliach Shasa Shalichuto Ba'al Abayit Ma'al. If someone sent a messenger to take the, the, for example, this money, and it was money of a Kodesh. And uh, the messenger did what he was supposed to do. The balabite is ma'al. The owner of the money is the one who sinned. And he's the one who has to pay the principal plus a fifth. Loasa shlichuto. If the messenger didn't do exactly what he was told, then shaliyah ma'al. And the messenger is the one who did the me'ilah. And he's the one who's hayav principal plus a fifth. 
And the Gemara asks, And if the Shaliyah did his Shalihut, he did it right, why is the, the person sending him the one who did the misuse? Is it possible that the Shaliyah did the Avera and the owner of the whoever sent them is the one who's Hayav? How could that be? In the entire Torah, you do a sin, you get punished, not the person sending you, you, you should know. So the says, This is exactly what we mean by mountain hanging by hair. Why is that a question? Maybe the laws of Merila are different. That a person's messenger is like himself. Someone's messenger is like himself. And therefore, if the messenger did what he was supposed to do, the person sending him did the Avera. So why is that mountains hanging on hairs? Rather, we need it for the following Brayta. If the person sending the Baalabait, remember that the money he was sending is Kodesh, and the person, who, the messenger, didn't know anything about it, Shaliyah Ma'al, the messenger is the one who has to pay the principal plus of 50, he's the one who did the misuse, and like my ass, Shaliyah Anya Ma'ikavi, the messenger, poor messenger, what did he do? The guy took the money, spent it, just because the guy remembered in the middle he has to give the, the extra one-fifth, that's exactly what we mean by mountains hanging by hairs. Amar Hashem, my kushya, but who says that? Bechal, that's uh, the problem. Deal, my medida, vamotzi, maotek, deshlacholin. Listen, maybe the concept of the of the messenger doing the ma'ila is like a person taking kodesh money and using it for holin. Meaning, even if he made a mistake, he still did a ma'ila and he has to pay for it. So maybe just the, the whole concept is the same. I give you a different answer. We only need it for the following case. If a person took a rock or a beam of Hekadesh, you know, it was like this. Once you give it to your friend, then you did and the person accepted it, and he didn't do the Ma'ila. And the Gemara asks, Mishkal Shekala. At the end of the day, that last person has that rock of Hekdesh and he's using it. Mali, Mali, Haber. What's it make a difference? Who took it? Who didn't take it? At the end of the day, you took it. That's what we mean by mountains hanging by uh, by hairs. That we only have the first guy, not the second one. And the Gemara again asks, Umay Kushya. But we call the question, maybe it's like what Shmuel said, the Amash Shemuel, Hacha, our Mishnah over here is talking about, and we're talking about the treasurer, the person holding down the Hekadesh, who he's holding in his, I guess in his house or something, the the the, the stones of the of the Bet HaMikdash. And he forgot it was Hekadesh, and he took it, he's trying to build it in his own house. At the end of the day, wherever it is, it's in his uh, hands. Meaning, it doesn't make a difference if it's in a storage house, it's in the warehouse, or it's in his actual house. At the end of the day, he's supposed to be holding it, and he's holding it. And the minute he gave it to someone else, at that point, he's a hayav. 
Ela misefa, we have to look at the end of that Mishnah Ma'ila. It says Bena Betoch Beto. If that Gazbar took that rock or that beam and he put it into his house somewhere, he still didn't do it. He has to live under it and have benefit at least a Shaveprutta. And the Gemara asks, Mikdi, Shanuye Shaniya. I understand why you have to live under it. At the end of the day, you switched it. You uh, you went. You took it from one place to another place, and you should have had the ma'ila the minute you put it part. You put that stone part of the house, or you put that beam part of the house. At that point, you should do the the ma'ila mali daru mali loda. What to make a difference if he lived under it for shaviprutah or not? That's exactly what we meant by mountains hanging by hairs. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem. Le'olam. Amen. Ve'amen.